welcome to Be The Light with Coach Zakir Robinson. In this show, we will be talking about the promises that God has promised us through righteousness. So let's tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. Welcome everybody to be the light.live. My name is Coach Zach here Robinson. I'm here with my husband Eric Robinson, and we are going to be talking about the promises of righteousness. And what does that look like? How do you live a righteous life? What does God say about righteousness? And a lot of times as believers, as Christians, when we come over to the faith, when we come over, we take that 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 walk, that crossover. A lot of times we are still living a double life because we don't know what it looks like. We have not been into our word. We have not opened it. We have not studied it, but we go to church. But unfortunately, we still have people around us that influence us to still do the bad things that we were trying to walk away from. And so what does that look like? Um, it's night and day, um, literally from bad qualities or habits to good qualities or habits. Um, it reminds me of a tree. You know, you got a tree that bears bad fruit. You got one that bears good fruit. Right. Um, one that bears fig leaves and one that bears um, oranges. You know, what will be, what will benefit the person uh, that's looking to enhance their life? Um, according to the eyes of Christ, it will be the oranges. You know, it provides vitamin C. It gives you the energy you need to keep um, keep functioning for that day. And um, I believe that's kind of how Christ uh, is to us to run this race. You know, and and um, fight the good fight, and um, so that we will receive the crown and ultimately um, see him in the clouds coming for us. It reminded me when you're talking about the fruit. It remind not you know the fruit in the tree. It reminded me of the um, Garden of Eden when God was telling Adam and Eve, basically, really, he was telling Adam <laughs> to stay away from this tree because it would show him so much more. His eyes will be opened up to things that he did not have to be opened up to. But unfortunately, Eve came along and she took the bait and then also gave some to her husband as well. Um, and then next thing you know, they were opened up to sin, which is how we became opened up to sin. Yeah, I agree. Um, that that takes me to one verse that um, kind of talks about that is... Um, Ephesians 4 and 24, and it says that, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Mm. And putting on that new man was what um, Abraham did. You know, Abraham became righteous uh, because he believed in God. He believed what God had told him. And the Bible tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one. But when the spirit of God comes in the person and that's what makes the person's righteous mm -hmm. and also the person having faith in God that he can do what he says he's going to do. That makes us righteousness because our only our own good works and things are just like filthy rags. But God in us is what makes us righteous. And I think once we get that, uh, once we inherit that now we can do the habitual things that leads to holiness. And um, and that's what he's talking about um, in Galatians five and 16. It says, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires 
of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. And uh, there's another scripture that talks about um, that if we walk in the spirit, that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We won't submit to that lower nature and sin won't reign in our mortal bodies. But when we walk in the spirit, then we're able to do everything that God desires for us to do. We're able to love properly. We're able to experience joy, passion, integrity, uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. All those things begins to flow from that vine, which is Christ in us. And now we're able to, to be who he has created us to be because we are submitting to that, that new man, that new nature, which is Christ and his righteousness begins to reign in us and emanate from us. Right. When, when you were talking, um, it just reminds me of how Adam and Eve, how they were well protected when they stayed within the guidelines that God have given them. But the moment they stepped outside of those guidelines, outside of what he had told them not to do, so much destruction, so much other things began to pour into them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because at first they had some they had some major benefits. They did. They didn't have to work, <laughs> you know, childbirth and probably wouldn't have been mm -hmm. hard. You know, God had certain things set up for them. So it's, it reminds me of like for our kids today, we have kids and then everything's going right. They're doing everything that we, we said that they can, you know, that they can, um, they're doing everything that we're asking them to do. But the moment they step outside of what we're asking them, they on punishment. Things begin to be taken. They don't have as much freedom anymore. You know, they're being more closely watched. And it's one of those things where it's like now you're on a closer <laughs> downfall yep. with me because you stepped outside of what I told you not to do. And that's the same with God. When we step outside of God's will, when we step outside of what he's asking us not to do, even with the Holy Spirit, because you hear some people say, well, that's not in the Bible. Well, if the Holy Spirit is telling you not to do something, then you better not do it because when you decide to do it, now you have opened yourself up to the enemy and now you start to have all these different attacks. You may begin to have money issues. You may begin to have health issues. Your kids may begin to be attacked because what we open ourselves up to it also rolls over into our kids because that's why the scripture says that we have to even ask forgiveness for our forefathers because they may have done something that, you know, we didn't have anything to do with, but because no, no one broke the curse, because no one have repented for those things is left open for us to receive the, the basically the destruction of what has been opened up to them. And so when we're looking at, okay, God, when I'm walking with you, I realize that my money stretches a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I noticed that my health is good. I noticed that my gas stretches a little bit farther than what it should. You know, you begin to notice little things. And there was one time where um, I was almost, well, I'm not going to say almost, y'all, I was E. <laughs> I was on E, but somehow I turned my car on and that gas went back and said I had 78 miles left. I was like, where did this come from? But I know that that had nothing to do with God because I still had, I think we had two more days before paycheck hit and it was like, wow, like God just really showed up and made my gas stretch a little bit more. You know, that also comes with faithful tithing. You know, when you're you're being faithful with your tithing, God, he's ready to bless us. He's ready to give you everything here on earth. We don't have to wait until, you know, Jesus comes back to get us. We don't have to wait to get blessings then. He's ready to bless us now. Yeah, I agree. And um, <clears throat> that's so important because if 
we, I mean, just imagine living in a world which a bunch of everyone is righteous, mm-hmm. you know, and I think this is this is why it's so important for us as believers to share the gospel so that we can get more people to uh, partake in in God's righteousness, uh, mm-hmm. to receive the spirit of God so that they can begin to operate in those qualities. You know, uh, like, for instance, some of those qualities are found in Proverbs. 27 says a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. Mm. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. The mouth of right of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. And uh, two more says the thoughts of the righteous are just, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. A righteous man hates falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. And these are just examples on what the what righteous what a person who has the spirit of righteousness right versus a person who doesn't have the spirit of god and you're seeing these two contrasts but both are a slave to their to their own natures you know it's like uh, um that's like you taking a wolf and you're taking a sheep and um you know trying to tell the sheep to act like a wolf and vice versa right, but so the only work. way that 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 sheep can act can act like a wolf or a lion uh is for a new nature to come in and to dominate the uh the soul of that sheep mm-hmm. and that's what God's spirit does to us um so a lot of times like uh you know you'll be online and you're looking at different things and uh you would see people who who doesn't have the spirit of God do things that you don't, you don't agree with. But at the same token, it's like, you can't get mad at a sinner for being a sinner because that's the nature that they're bound by. Mm. And, um, you know, in Romans 6 and 18, it says, and having been free from sin, you become a slave of righteousness. So I think it all just goes back to the nature of the person, um, the nature of the person. Uh, what, what is the nature of this person? And um, how can we change this? How can we get this person to partake in this new nature that Christ wants to make available for them? And I think when we present it the way that Proverbs does, the wicked and the righteous, you know, this is in store for you. This benefit versus this benefit or this pro versus this con. Then we will begin. Then they will begin to see like, okay, wow. So I know what the cost is. I know what's available for me. How do I get this? Mm hmm. And so what do you think is some ways like people struggle with? Obviously, the I think for me, I think a lot of people, they just struggle with the change, like knowing how to change. What would you say to that? Like, how can someone go from being a complete person who don't have any relationship with God? Now they have the relationship with God. Like, how do they make the switch? Well, I think it's just. First off, I, I immediately thought about someone who's addicted to something. Mm. Realize that you're addicted to something, right? You you come to the realization that, okay, obviously I, I, I don't have what I want or I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Um, and once you realize like where you are and where you're falling short in, then at that point, now you can work towards getting to where you need to be. And, um, and I think it's just, it just, just as simple as Christ said, you know, we need to repent. Mm-hmm. You know, John the Baptist said, you know, make way for the Lord. He's coming and repent, you know, repent, repent from your ways, repent from leaning on your own understanding, repent for for thinking that, you know, you living in this life that you were designed to be um, to 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 be a, a Rambo 
you know, mm-hmm. in life. No, God designed us to 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 do life with him, mm-hmm. just like he did with, with the first human beings uh, on earth. They were designed to do life with him. And um, and of course, you know, we have the devil. The, the Bible says that he comes to he has blind the God of this world has blinded the minds of the people. And uh, and that's where we find ourselves just on this hamster wheel mm-hmm. and thinking we're doing the right thing, but we're really not getting anywhere. So that that manifests. So the way this thing manifests, I've seen in uh, several people's lives, even in the life of myself, is um, if we think about a tree. So the roots of this with a person that doesn't have the spirit of God, they, a lot of their life is wrapped around self-centeredness, self-preservation. Um, they may have like little religious ways about themselves, um, independent, self-strength and moralism. Right. All of these things are tied to like pride and worship of self. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing that we that we did before we came to Christ. We had no word. No, uh, we were prayerlessness. We were focused on the things of the earth or or on the past and things that that lies behind us. And it, it'll be like the curse of the world will fall upon us um, versus the new man. Right. We see that the new man he had, he's fully dependent on God. He's thankful. He has an awe of God. He has an eternal perspective. He, he, uh, he wonders about the things of God. He, uh, he becomes a person who is involved with the word of God. He's always praying, focusing on the things above and the prize that lies ahead. And, um, they're always con- concerned about, um, hum- humility and the worship and worship of Jesus. How can I be a better ambassador? For King Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, um, you will see different fruits and gifts that will funnel from that root system. Right. Um, While you were talking, what just um, came to me is that a lot of times you just don't know where to start from. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when I first came into Christ, it's like I, I was seeing it with my eyes, other people, but it was like, okay, I'm dealing with trauma. I'm dealing with hurt. I'm dealing with pain. I'm dealing with divorce. I'm dealing with being a single mom. Like you have life things that is you're currently dealing with. And so it's like, I was going to church, but yet I was still doing things. So what I end up doing for myself is I, I begin, I'm not going to say I, really the Holy Spirit began to convict me on things. And at this point, I'm just thinking I'm feeling guilty. This is the word I use. I was like, I'm feeling so guilty for going out and drinking. I'm feeling guilty for hanging around certain people, not knowing that that was the conviction of God trying to turn me away from it. And then slowly but surely, I was just like, you know what, y'all, I don't want to go out tonight. Like, I'm just going to stay home. But for those who are listening, when when you just stay home, that's because God wants you to connect with him. That's the one thing mm-hmm. that I had missed. I wasn't connecting with him. I was at home and I began to pick up other habits like binge watching TV, you know, eating a whole bunch of junk food. You know, I didn't replace the the partying and all that with God. I replaced it with something else to still feel that void that I had. But slowly, you know, my husband came into my life and I began to watch his life. And I'm like, oh, OK, so I feel this void with word the word I feel this void with prayer instead of listening to this music maybe turn on some praise and worship music you know mm-hmm. I begin to change the movies that I was watching because some people they're dealing with the spirit of fear not knowing that it's because you're watching movies that has fear like horror movies or scary movies or things that's inviting that into into your into your body and then you also have people who may be listening to lyrics you know from songs and you're wondering why you're cussing you're wondering why you're gossiping you're wondering why you think so low of yourself not 
not knowing that it's the songs in the movies that you're watching. So when you begin to walk with Christ, when you say, I'm going to take this walk, you want to have to do a complete 360. Forget about everything that you'll learn from the world and begin to completely take on a new you, which is Christ. Okay. How do I get there? I began to study, um, Recently, God had led me to study the book of Matthew and study Jesus life because that is who we need to mimic. Like he was perfect. He he was sinless. Like he did not sin. He had so many people that hated him. So many people that cursed him. So many people who did not believe in him. But yet he still but yet he still was able to do the work that God have called him to do. And then next thing you know, look where he's at now. Look at him now. Amen. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what better example do we have is Jesus Christ. Right. And uh, I think once we begin to strive for that, then that's when we will begin. People will begin to see Christ in us and not us. Um, I like to think about it as, you know, we are the temple of God mm -hmm. and your name is the building name. And the person inside of you is the pastor that goes to the building to help build and develop the kingdom and the person that's inside of you has to be Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? So, so, um, so Eric is just the temple name of this body, but inside of Eric, that's something when Eric opens his mouth it's Christ in me that comes out and begins to build the, uh, the kingdom and to, to, to do what it is that Christ has called us to do. And, um, from, from that perspective now, you know, um, we become backseat and Christ's ministry emanates through us. And I think it's so important, especially when you're when you're growing up in a culture that is so self-centered. It's like you have to have the spirit of God, something that's stronger than the something that's stronger inside of you. That's conforming you to Christ has to be there or else you would become conformed to the world and the things of the world, because there's nothing in you that's keeping you from being, that's keeping you from um, falling prey to those things. And let's be honest, you know, everything that the world provides is it glorifies the flesh and the flesh loves it. Yeah. Um, so that's why we have to have something that's operating in us. That's a stronger force um, that's leading and guiding us into the things that God wants us to do um, for his kingdom. And um, I think a lot of those things um, are faithfulness, generosity, gentleness, self-centered, I mean, um, self-control. That's one of the biggest things. Yeah, that's a hard um, one, self-control. Yeah, but all of that comes through the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And he said that we can uh, boldly come to the throne of grace and ask for these things that we need of. And, you know, there's times where I'm like, Lord, I need I need more discipline in this area. I'm lacking. You know, I, I'm reading your word and I'm not lining up with this. So that means that I need your your grace bridge to mm -hmm. to give me uh, power to overcome this area so that I can become more of a mirror for you. Mm -hmm. And every time I do it, he provides it every time I do it. So uh, so that's what grace is for is to be used to help us ask for it mm -hmm. so that we can um, so that we can uh, present Christ to the world so that uh, he would, he said, if I be lifted up high, then I would draw all men unto me. And that's, and that's what this is all about us, mm -hmm. you know, using everything that we have, even the gifts and the talents that he's given us so that others can be brought into the kingdom. Yeah. It's like God is cleaning out your hard drive. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
whatever was on it before is like it's getting completely wiped clean it's like a whole reset you know a lot of times people like to just bring back up your your past or you know remind you of your past but you had to say no like i'm new in christ like that's my old life you know and now i can be able to have a testimony out of that but i don't go by that nature anymore i don't go by what i used to do anymore and when you begin to look at who you are through god's eyes you're going to see someone who's completely different um a lot of times you know the enemy he would try to remind us of things that has hurt us or things that has taken place and then next thing you know it's like you're on this this cycle this wheel and it's like i'm trying to get off but i keep getting back on like why do i keep getting back on this wheel but it's because you have to change your mindset. A lot of times you have to ask yourself, like, where is this problem stemming from? You know, me and my husband just had a recent um, thing with myself where I, that I was dealing with something. And it's like we had to get to the root problem of it. Like, where is this stemming from? Where is this coming from? Not realizing that this came from a past relationship and it began to spill over into our our marriage but you have to be able to recognize the issue you have to be willing to get help you have to be willing to take that extra step that extra mile it may feel uncomfortable it may not feel like you know you may have some pride there but sometimes god will try not try he will break that pride down out of you even if it's taking you through a situation where you're not ready to quite reveal okay because we all have hidden things in us that we don't want everybody to know but sometimes that's the very thing that god end up using to to work on your inner healing and so when you are coming to christ we want you to know that we all have been there we all have been in a place of um being stripped that literally just hit me being stripped. Some of you may be going through isolation right now. And some of you may be wondering, why do I feel so lonely? That's because God wants you to replace that loneliness that you're feeling right now. And he wants you to fill yourself up with him. He wants you to fill that time with him. He wants you to begin to call on him just like you would pick up your phone and call someone else. God is saying, call me right now. Call me and speak to me. I'm always here. I'm always listening. You don't never have to worry about the time of day. You don't never have to worry about if you're bothering me you never have to worry about you know is this a good time because a lot of times we're calling people and God is saying I'm right here I'm right here can you hear me but unfortunately we can't hear him because our day is so busy because we have things going on in the background but God he's asking for you to just give him that time give him that chance and watch what he can do in your life amen I agree and um, don't look at it as a bad thing, because when I first came to Christ, that's what he was doing. Me. He stripped me from everything that I had because I left when I left my mom's house. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm never going to depend on no one and I'm not going to let people do anything for me. I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I had to get three or four jobs then that's what I'm going to do. And that's actually and, what um, you did, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> when I got to Christ, the Lord, the Lord began to strip me from all that, because anytime we go through tra traumatic experiences, we make a vow and I'm never going to let nobody do this mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. And then the bandaid of pride seals that. Mm -hmm. And now God has to deal with that later on. And it, it, it begins to spill over in other areas of your life. So that stripping f was for God to strip me of my pride. Similar to what he did with Nebuchadnezzar. You know, um, the, the word of God talks about in Matthew 3 and 10. It says, and already the axe of God's judgment is swinging towards the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So um, God had to deal with my greed, right? Sense of accomplishment, bitterness, self-pity, lust, all of these different things, gossip, 
you know, jealousy, envy, anger, all of these different things. Um, and the fruit of that was addictions, right? Mm. Uh, murder, despair, loneliness, depression, violence, cheating, um, suicide, all these different things comes from what God doesn't want in us. So mm-hmm. uh, there comes a time where God has to prune us and he has to uh, turn out the fire uh, with us because it's through the fire that we will be set on fire for God. And, um, and he's, it's all for his, for his masterpiece. Because remember, we're, we are the clay and he's the potter and he's conforming us to the image. But if we just embrace what it, what it is that he's trying to do, then that process will get through much faster. Amen. Amen. Just um, what we're going to do now is we're going to pray for you guys out there. I'm feeling led to pray and I'm going to have my husband lead that prayer because some of you are trying to change from different things, you know, and the thing is, it's it never feels the, the process never feels good, but the benefit of it is, is God's promise promises that he has given us. And so um, if you can go ahead and just start in prayer, that would be awesome. Father, we we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for um, where you've brought us from, Lord God. We know that without you, Lord, that we forfeit the grace and the mercy that you have available for us. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you have chosen the human race, Lord God, to uh, to partake in your plan that you have for this world that you've created, Lord. And we speak on behalf of everyone that is out there that's listening, Lord God, those that that has a relationship and those that don't have a relationship with you, Lord God, whatever they may be facing or going through, Lord God, you said, Father God, that you would never leave or forsake us, Lord God. So, Father God, I, I, I speak strength to everyone, Lord God, might, Lord God, I pray that you would give them an endurance, Lord God, to to endure to the end, Lord God. I pray right now, Father God, for those that may be lost, the one that may be that that particle son or or that one that is left or uh, uh, or those that are lost, the lost sheep of Israel, Lord God. I pray for them right now, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you will begin to give them encounters, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that you will make yourself Make yourself real to them, Lord God. Lord, we, you know, the gener, the type of generation that we see on a day to day basis. This is a Thomas generation, Lord God. They, if they don't see it, they don't believe it. So, Father God, I ask that you will meet them where they are and have compassion on them. Give them personal encounters, Lord God. Visit them in their dreams, Lord God. Give them visions, Lord God. Give them, give them situations, Lord God, that they cannot resist, gain or say against, Lord God, but that they would know that you have visited them, Lord God. I ask that you will fill your messengers, Lord God, those that those in the fivefold, Lord God, fill their mouth with words that will that will soften the the hearts of stone, Lord God, that will that will that will give them a way to see you in the way that they haven't seen. Lord, I ask you to remove the veil. I ask that you will cause the scales to fall off their eyes and that they will come to know you in an intimate way. And Lord God, we pray for this nation. We pray, Lord God, for this culture. We pray, Lord God, that your hand will rest upon America, Lord God, and even the, the global world as we're all going through the birth pains. And Lord God, we ask that you will comfort us just as you did in in, in Egypt when those 10 plagues hit Egypt, Lord God. We ask that you would comfort us and keep us in your perfect will and way and love. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. So what I want to leave you with is that um, God said that he's coming back for his bride without a spot or a wrinkle. Okay. So what that means is it's time to get ourselves cleaned up and live for Christ. That is a great promise that he's coming back for us. He's coming back for his bride. So with that being said, I'm so glad that you all tuned in today. If you have any questions or you just need someone to, to speak on, on getting your inner healing, please don't Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on be the light.live. Again, that's be the light.live. All right. And y'all all have a great night.